This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello and welcome back to OT3. I am Sarah Weems and today we have... Me, I'm Ashley. Um, recently been watching a lot of isekai anime and I don't regret anything. All right. And who else? And I'm Steffi, and I have been trying not to read the fan fiction that Sarah sent me. Oh, <gasps> no. I, I, I looked at it. I looked at it. You've been trying not to read it? Did yeah. you start it and you can't stop reading it? I looked at it, and I'm trying not to because I have work to do. Oh, I, I, I took a glance at it, and I'm like, oh, dang it, I'm going to read this. It's good shit. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, hello. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to Chili Lafanu on Twitter for le- uh, leaving us a lovely tweet. Thank you for watching our show. And if you yes. want a shout out, please leave a review on iTunes or Audible or leave us a message on anywhere we do social media. So we have Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, everything. That- There's a social media we probably have, but we even have a Tumblr. Um, it is true. And so, Sarah, back to you. Hello, everybody. So today, I wanted to talk about something that uh, I think is very interesting, which is the recent resurgence of comic books that are made into TV shows. And I'm not like talking DC Marvel shit. No, I'm talking like those off the wall, weird, like three episode run comic books that somehow become huge TV shows. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. right, You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So the two that I really want to talk about are. Um, Umbrella Academy, which is huge right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. Um, I'm assuming that you two have seen it. Yes. Nope. You. Oh. Tor- <gasps> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I was being sassy today. <laughs> Stephanie, I love you. You're not a. You're not a- <laughs> well. Jesus, Sarah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just keep track of the time code there. And that one, huh? Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. No, you keep that in. You just bleep uh, it. That uh, was too funny. I don't know why I said it. Well, Stephanie, how dare you not watch Umbrella Academy? It's a really good TV show. And the other Fair one is a TV- <laughs> I'm so sorry. And the other TV show is one that is actually uh, has been canceled and is no longer on air, and that is iZombie. Mm-hmm. Such but a good show. It's a good show. And Ashley, I think you'd love the comic, but it is no way as good as the show in like general audience preference wise. But nonetheless, um, Umbrella Academy. I want to start there because it's the more tame concept. Okay, Umbrella Academy is a comic book by Gerard Way. uh, You know, Gerard Way. Of my immortal fame. Yes, exactly. Um, and it was published by Dark Horse um, back in like 2007 and 2009. And then it only had, I believe, three, three big issues. Like those who knows comics, like there's like little individual issues. And then they have like little like this is a series. So there was three. Um, and then due to the popularity of the TV show, it's actually gotten revamped and they're releasing more. But nice. so that's that's the Umbrella Academy. Um, Can you say Gerard Way of my immortal fame? Was that a joke or did I? <laughs> yes, that was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. Okay. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> All right, never mind. Move on. Keep going. Um, I, I just want to put it aside here. Uh, big My Chemical Romance fan. Um, back in the day, I crowd surfed and almost touched Gerard Way's face. 
Oh okay, my god! I was also close. I was the close. three of us have my chemical romance tickets that we have not been able to use. Fuck! I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, pandemic. The four of us. Yes, because Jaren is also going. We all have tickets. Yes. <laughs> 2022, I guess. <laughs> Gerard, wait, we're coming. We're coming. We're coming. We're going to touch your face, boy. <laughs> I don't think they allow crowd surfing anymore. But <laughs> okay, so I know very little but about Umbrella Academy. I've only seen like the first maybe three minutes. Uh, it was during a date, and we didn't get past that. Yeah, because it was a date, and I will stop there. Um, yeah okay um and it was really weird what i saw i just saw like everyone get pregnant suddenly yeah okay um so the i forgot about that it is a little weird at first so it's really good (laughs) the basis of the show is i wrote this down there so the whole basis is that there across the world there are 43 superpower infants so this is something that transpires like what i'm gonna explain right now is both the book, I mean, both the comic and the TV show. 43 superpowered infants are born on the same day at the same time, all by mothers who were not pregnant that morning. So it's very like suddenly pregnant, suddenly had a kid without any anything. Um, And the story of Umbrella Academy really focuses around seven of them. Uh, These seven are adopted by uh, Sir Hargrove, uh, Hargreaves, sorry, who lives in New York City, and he basically finds them and raises them as superheroes. Um, and he doesn't dub them with names because they're just superheroes to him. So they are numbered one through seven. Again, all of this still is crossed over for both. Though the, each person has very specific superpowers. So number one, they're super, super strong and um, at some point has gorilla blood implanted in them and they like become a gorilla man that is oh, yeah mm-hmm. that's okay. a thing yeah he was already super strong the he was already super strong good. and then he becomes a gorilla um and then number two his superpower is that he has um superhuman accuracy with knives and so it's just kind of fun he just throws a knife and they go wherever they want them to go okay. that's fun um number three is uh they have the power to lie and everyone has to believe their lies. And this is where there's a slight difference between the comics and the TV shows. Cause in the TV show, it's just, she can make anybody believe her lie and do what she wants via her saying like, I heard a rumor in the comic. She can alter reality with her lies. And at one point she literally creates a clone of herself because she's that I heard a rumor. I have a clone. And then she has a clone. So that's that's, in in the TV show. It's like, I heard a rumor that, you know, I heard a rumor that I was famous and then she gets a call and then it like happens within the realm of like reality. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, number four has the capability of communicating with the dead. Number four also has a lot of differences uh, between his um, comic counterpart. The biggest thing being is in the TV show, he is terrified of the dead and um the way he has coped through the years because ghosts are constantly like haranguing him is that he is constantly doped up like he is constantly mm-hmm. on drugs constantly drunk so that he can like because he found that like it it dampens his powers in the comic book no he has full control of his powers uh he can float he's telekinesis uh he has the ability to possess others he has f- complete control of his powers he wow. never wears shoes 
that's a thing about him. Um, but he does talk about recreational drug use, but it's not used in the same way. Okay. <clears throat> He's definitely yeah. more powerful in the comic. Yes. Um, and then number five has the power to teleport. Um, in the comics, it is just an ability to teleport. And in the mo- in the TV show, he has the ability to teleport through time and space. So that's mm-hmm. also a th- maybe more time, not space <clears throat> per se, but yeah. Um, number six has this like monster living inside of him that he can like, it's got, got octopus things. They don't really describe it because uh, at the start of the comic and the TV show, he's dead already. He was killed when he was a kid. So it's very eldritch horror. Um, yes. Like he basically like just goes and then you see a bunch of like tentacles and like crazy stuff. And then like everybody's dead and he comes out kind of bloody. You don't really okay. actually see the fight. And then number seven, quote unquote, does not have any abilities. And that is paid by played by our lovely Elliot Page. Nice. Yes. So. Um, oh, yeah, Ashley. Yeah. Um, so number seven is like the secretary um, because uh, like, oh, like at least in the in the TV show. In the comics, I'm not sure what the character is, but in the TV show, they're just running around with a clipboard the whole time taking notes because they don't have any actual powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like their dad basically raised them. And so that's kind of like the rundown of the characters. The thing is, is the whole plot is that they're not kids anymore. These are like 20, 30-year-olds. They all have these superpowers. None of them want to be superheroes. And they just avoid each other. And then the thing is their dad dies or their quote unquote adopted father dies. And so they all get together for the funeral. And while they're together, like it brings up uh, things from their past. Drama. Things of a lot of drama, like um, Gorilla Man, uh, he, number one, he was living on the moon. That was, that's where he for was for the last couple of years. Years, yeah. Years, yeah. Um, and then you've got... Okay. The wonderful, like, and, like, Allison, who is number three, the liar, she is um, an actress. Um, Klaus, who is um, number five. No, he's number four. He's the one who talks to the dead. He's just a druggie living on the streets, living his life, selling shit. Diego is, was a police officer who got kicked out because he doesn't follow the rules. Um, Vanya uh, wrote. Number seven. Yeah, number seven, who has no powers. She wrote an autobiography and sold it of their entire lives and how fucked up it was. So everybody so hates the whole, her. Yeah, everybody hates her. Uh, number five went missing years ago. Um, he doesn't have a name. Number five is just number five. Yeah, they always just call him number five. He doesn't have a name. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait. So he he just went missing one day because he tried to teleport. Um, so all of these things are still relevantly similar, right? And, and so, wait, Ben, number yeah. six, he's dead. He's dead, but Klaus can see him. Yeah. Because Klaus can see the ghost. And so Ben is a very active member of the TV show, and I love him to death. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Ben is Ben is my sweetheart. Um, so the thing is, so between these two comics and the TV shows, there's I want to make a distinction. I have only read the first comic of Umbrella Academy, but I've seen the whole show. The second one we're going to talk about is iZombie. I've read all of the iZombie comics, but I've only seen most of that show. I did not see the final season. Um, But, uh, and there's reasons for that. And the reason is, is that the Umbrella Academy TV show is incredible. And the comic is bad. It is, (laughs) it's like, it has some really interesting artwork. It's got some really fun things, but it, 
It doesn't make sense. It doesn't explain anything. Like, you know, when you go and read the source material because you want to know more, mm-hmm. you know less. You know absolutely less. You're just mm. like, it's just like it drops you in. It's like, all right, they've got superpowers and they also uh, they also have all this weird technology that we're not going to explain. And um, yeah, and things just happen. And you're just like, okay, interesting. And then the TV show does a really good job of like breaking down every character and why things are certain ways. And and like, it, it goes a whole other level. Um, I would like to say that Gerard Way, I believe, is involved as a producer. Yeah, he's an executive producer on Umbrella Academy, the TV show. So I bet that kind of helped make it so. And so it's all canonical. Um, but the TV show itself is developed by somebody named Jeremy Slater. Just for information. Okay. Um, Ashley, you made a noise. Did you have a thought? Oh, um, well, having watched the Umbrella Academy, like one great TV. Not sure about the comics. Maybe, you know, Gerard Way, My Chemical Romance, in terms of the comics, did he do everything for the comics? Because he's a more a visual person. Maybe he not always. had an artist. The artist was, I didn't write it down. It is... Uh, somebody named Gabriel Ba. So kind of came up with this really cool concept that mm-hmm. I maybe they fleshed out in the actual TV show more than in the yes. comic. And like, there's a couple other things about the comic book that just generally piss me off. Um, <laughs> like what? Like, so the whole, so also big plot point. This is major spoilers now. We're not even going over, like, we're going deep spoilers. So the end of season one of the TV show, it ends with basically, it turns out Vanya, number seven, who has no powers, actually has the most insane powers. She has the ability to create apocalypses. That is her power. And her father figured that out and has been drugging her her entire life and told her it was anxiety. And she gets this weird boyfriend who's obsessed with their family, and she didn't know that. And she's just like, oh, my God, this man loves me. He's so great. It's kind of sad. because It's really sad. She, nobody ever thought she was special. And he finds her and it treats her so nicely. But you find out, like, yeah, he's kind of he's just using manipulating her. Mm-hmm. Because basically he grew up watching the Hargrove's children. And because they were famous superheroes when they were kids. And so he's watching them. He's like, I want to be one of them. And like he had the same birthday as them. And he's like, I was just the lost one. And so he kind of like attacks them of sorts and like but he's like he like worms her way in he steals their father's journal and like he finds out about Vanya and so he steals Vanya's medicine and like you don't need it it's fine like this is just something that your dad's making you take and he's dead now like try and live your life by yourself and she's like I feel great why is this and then for the first time in so long mm -hmm. I can like think and I feel things and I'm kind of happy because all of the medication was just suppressing emotion the entire time. Yeah, because when she got emotional, she could cause an apocalypse. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's different in the uh, comic book. Oh, and I also like to say that they do start an apocalypse. They absolutely, the apocalypse happened, the moon crashes into Earth, and um, the only reason they get out is they travel back in time to try and stop themselves, which is season two of Umbrella Academy. And it's um, it's them. Uh, what is the word? It, it's them like trying to find each other because they're all lost in the 70s. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was time travel. Oh. I was oh. about to say, <gasps> Steffi. Tell her the best part. Your, number Tell- five is your boy. Um, number five is oh, your boy. 
I, I will tell them this next part too. Um, number five is your boy. He's the time traveler. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Fascinating, fascinating. But I think Sarah's going to talk about Klaus's time travel. Yes. So this is like in the this first the comic fiction. book. Yeah. This is the fan fiction. Fan fiction part. So, um, so in the comic book, uh-huh. you don't meet these characters, Cha-Cha and what are their names? Cha-Cha and Hazel. They are in the first season. So really kind of the way that the comic book to TV show works, they took the first two like segments and combined them and then put that in the first season of the comic books. And um, and that includes Hazel and Cha-Cha. And they work for the commission in the TV show or the temps in the comics, which is a uh, time traveling agency basically to make sure that the world stays on course. Kind of like that same agency in the new Loki series. Okay. Yeah. Like the time. The yeah. TVA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, it's a uh, in the comics. It's run by a goldfish. In the TV show, it's run by a a, a attractive woman. Oh yeah, she's real hot. She's real hot. Um, <laughs> Steffi, I think we 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 try to convince Steffi the wrong way. I'm learning to watch yeah. this show because we've been trying for years. But um, y'all, but this is what you like. Oh yeah, they replaced the goldfish so with a sexy woman and there's time travel. So I, I, I did, I've barely gotten into the plot of fucking Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Basically, the whole thing starts, it's their father's funeral mm-hmm. and their long lost brother, number five, shows up out of nowhere. And he's like, I just came from the past. And he's his child form. So all adults. And then you have this little child. He and basically comes back a 10 year old and they're all like in their 20, 30s. And they're like, number five? And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's such and, this angry little kid <laughs> yes because it turns out that he has been time traveling for the commission for the last 90 80s. years yeah. so he's like 90 in the body of a 10 year old oh <laughs> yeah and the whole thing is is that when he accidentally transported himself all those years ago he actually traveled into the future so far that it was after the apocalypse that vanya creates Mm-hmm. And so he knows that apocalypse happens and he knows that all the siblings die. Like he finds all of their dead bodies. He finds a newspaper. He finds the date. And he's like, well, shit. And then that's when and he kind of like ages within this like apocalyptic world, falls in love with a mannequin. You know, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, kind of Dolores, Wilson, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah very Wilson-esque. <laughs> and while he's doing that, um, when he's like maybe like 60 or something, the commissioner finds him and offers him a job as a time travel agent. Um, It's also really big. It's hinted at in the TV show, but it's like flat out said in the comic book, but he's the one who killed JFK. Um, That's that's a very big time travel trope is one of these people probably killed JFK. Yeah. So the thing is, is the commission travels via time traveling briefcases and um, he <laughs> somebody's like, look at your face. Yeah, I'm into time traveling briefly. I know <laughs> we, we did this wrong so many times in my absolutely life. Absolutely wrong. Yeah, you just but, explained, oh, it's just these superheroes, and it's really cool. And I'm like, eh. it's all time about time traveling case. Yeah, time traveling briefcase. And Seven so <laughs> he has that. He comes back. Um, like eventually, he decides to like. Uh, change course and go back to help his family. So at the same time, uh, so the commission sends Hazel and Cha-Cha to come and get him back because he's fucking with the timeline. Because according to the timeline, Vanya is supposed to create the apocalypse, right? Um, So Hazel and Cha-Cha are trying to find him. At one point, they kidnap Klaus. This is the TV show. Um, And in kidnapping Klaus, uh, he runs away and he seals Cha-Cha and Hazel's briefcase and actually gets transported to Vietnam. Mid-war, mid-scene, 
it's a whole thing. And he goes and he lives years in Vietnam and he falls in love with this guy named Dave. And it's so cute. And like spoilers. But like the whole thing is that that like basically at the end of, at the, end of the episode, he escapes from Hazel and Cha-Cha and you don't know where he goes. Oh, no. You see him wake up. But you see him like in a very clearly Vietnam thing and they talk about it. He's got dog tags and he's like way more druggy than he even used to be because now he's depressed and has PTSD. Yes. So Jesus. you find out that um, he met Dave and so he he decided to stay in Vietnam with this man that he fell in love with. And it's in the 70s, so he's doing the 70s drugs, he's dancing, he's in love. And then Dave dies tragically on battlefield. And so that's when Klaus decides to come back. And so like no time has passed in the TV show but Klaus went and lived a whole life <laughs> and it's depressing as shit. And so that's where the fan fiction plays in where you're just like, I want to see Klaus and Dave having a good life. And it's great. And in season two, actually, when Klaus is in the seventies, he runs into young Dave Aww. and it's like him trying to convince Dave not to join the war. <laughs> and so sad, but yeah, so it, the, it's, that's it's, where the good fan fiction is. It sounds like it's bury your gaze, but let's try to unbury the gaze. And for those who don't know, Barrier Gaze is a very uh, annoying trope where if it's a gay character, they're probably going to die. So, especially if they're in a relationship. This one was tragic, but the only thing I can say is their love was really beautiful while it lasted. Also, Umbrella Academy, the TV show, has great soundtracks. That's also to reference. Also, I know I'm talking more about the TV show right now, but that's just like the TV show. Clearly good. It fully fleshes out all of that. None of that is done with the characters. The time travel's poorly explained. Um, the commission isn't quite well as thought through. Five, they don't really explain anything about him. They're just like, he's gone and he's back and he's a child now. And it's just... just yeah. It's one of those um, weird things where the source material is actually not as good as the adaption. Yes. I mean, and it's like, it's an interesting comic. It's just like, it doesn't... Like, I want more information. Like, as somebody who watched the TV show and went back. And also, in the comics, because this is the biggest difference, the apocalypse never happens, for one, because Klaus uses his telekinesis powers to stop Vanya. Um, he doesn't stop Vanya. No, no. He makes the piece of the moon that's falling into the earth that will destroy it. I think he turns it into dust. So, Klaus is stupid powerful. Good key point. Um, but also, there's this... I'm not going to say it right. It's in a different language. The whole reason that Vanya goes insane, it's not because of her powers. She has that power. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Um, it's because she is convinced to join the orchestra Verdament, Verdament or something. And it is called like the Orchestra of the Damned or something. And basically their entire life goal is to create the apocalypse. And so they kid, they convince her to join. They strap her down to a table, juice her the fuck up with some drugs. And then she becomes a violin. Uh, Jaren, please show the image. Because she becomes a violin. Like, I, that's all I can describe. She becomes a white-bodied individual and she is a violin. And then she plays uh. the music and then that's kind of what turns the... It's weird. It's really weird. For for listeners out there, it looks like she's wearing a violin suit. It's just basically a, a female character's body that kind of has lines on it to look like a violin. Kind of strange. But don't yeah. worry. Her titties are very well formed. In she this. got dipped yes. yeah. 
Yes. It can't there's a bra in there. There's a bra in there. So <laughs> it's a skin tight look. It's basically the moral of this story is uh and also like the moral of the story is the comic book is interesting. It it, it dives into some deeper stuff, but like it some weirder, like offhand things, like all of the all of the Hargrove siblings have like villains that pop every up every once in a while, but they don't really make sense. It's like one of the other bad guys is a zombie, a zombie robot alien, okay. which is just like pick one, please. Um, <laughs> and gosh, but yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, this is weird. So the, basically the final point of the umbrella Academy is the comic glosses over a lot. And it, it really requires a reader to make assumptions where the TV show really fills in those gaps. Okay. The thing is, the second series I'm going to talk about, iZombie, is the exact opposite, where the comic fits tries to fit far, 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 far too much in. And then the TV show literally takes small little bits and is like, okay, let's just, let's calm down here. Okay? <laughs> so first, do you have any other questions about Umbrella Academy before we moved on to iZombie? Robot zombie aliens. Yes. How is a robot also a zombie? The alien fits regardless, but so. I don't know. I don't know. I just let it happen. Yeah, the Hargrove. Oh, also, spoiler, Hargrove is an alien himself. Like, the dad that adopts them, he was an alien. Okay. Okay. Which is, is in, in the comics comic? and the TV show. Oh, okay, okay. So, all, I, all I'm going to say about Umbrella Academy, each one of our characters is lovely and fucked up and has problems and I feel for all of them. It's one of the few TV shows where I feel like they did a good job of making me care about all of them. Um, also, the dad deserves worst dad of this century award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he made Very them abusive. have so many daddy, like just issues in general. He, he gave them a mother that was a robot and then tortured her too and it was just like, like <laughs> klaus has a fear of dead people you want to know why he has a fear of dead people oh because his dad used to lock him up in the cemetery in the mausolisk with all the dead people and they would just try and talk to him mausolisk. and he would just mausoleum mausoleum, mausoleum. <laughs> i do like mausolisk though but keep it's going but yeah it's just really fucked up but really, really great fan fiction around that fandom, especially around Klaus. Because, like, there's a lot of really interesting concepts of, like, Klaus can see dead people, right? So what's, like, he had a lover from the 70s who died. So when he comes back to the future, does that mean that his ghost is also there hanging out with him? Like, there's a lot of really, really cute stories where, like, baby Klaus has, like, Dave as his guardian angel his entire life. Aww. And... It's like Dave being a little ghost on his shoulder just hanging out with him because he's like, you're so important to me in the future and you just don't know it. And you're just like, oh, okay. I'm going to cry in the corner. Klaus's stories. I, I love Klaus. Klaus, and they're just so, he's such a good, like, his overall, like, background of Klaus is super good. Yeah. Yeah. Jaron also read the comic because I bought it and I lent it to him and he agrees that it's a giant pile of dog shit. It's, it's pretty bad. It's, uh, it, like, like, Sarah pretty much covered it all. It's like, it just kind of like doesn't flesh things out. It goes, and then this person's here and now that person's there and this is happening. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, there's like no depth here, really. <laughs> so what it sounds like is Rod Wade had this concept, got it published because he's rich and famous, but then and he, somebody wanted a TV show and hot. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, let's get some actual writers on this and flesh this out properly if we're going to do this. 
I wanted to spend less time on this. And yes, you're right, Steffi. And also there's two cases of uh, step sizzling incest in the comments. God damn it. Why is this a thing? Yeah, two, two. <laughs> in the TV show, there's like maybe half mm-hmm. because it happens and then everything changes because time travel. But like in the comic, no joke, Diego and Vanya and... Uh, Diego number- and Vanya? It's weird. That's how that's how he saves the day is he convinces Vanya to stop because he loves her. Okay. They're siblings. And then three and one, uh, which is just kind of it's it's kind of cute, but it's also like you're like your step siblings. Please stop. Please stop. It's you're still siblings. Um, my other thing is I don't know much about it, except that I know the fandom because like, you know, Tumblr and all that stuff, you things just pop up on your feed. All I know is everyone fucking loves Klaus. Like I've seen so much art and fan fiction and cosplays of just Klaus and the cute little uniforms. Um, My next thing is y'all explain this completely wrong to me. I was like, Oh, it's a superhero thing, but not really. Cause it's all kind of crazy and wacky. And I'm like, Y'all just said some time traveling nonsense and like weird things. Like I, I would have been more. I don't know. I, we should have just said uh, time assassins with time briefcases, and I think you would have been in. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so I zombie. <laughs> I zombie. I zombie is a. So I was really into I zombie in college. So I was like, I was so for it, so excited about it, loved it so much that then I read the comics. Because, like, oh, this will be exciting. It's based off a comic. Not a single thing is carried over except the zombie fact. There are, like, some major themes that exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the TV show, I'm going to run through that. So Liv Moore is the main character. She goes to a boat party. She gets turned into a zombie. because She gets bit by somebody. And when she finds out she's a zombie, she dumps her fiancé. She moves jobs. And... Then she lives off of her her secondary job is that she is a police morgue and she eats the brains of people at the morgue. And she the whole the whole shtick is that it's a police morgue. So she helps solve the murders because she gets flashes of people's lives from eating their brains. That's really cool. Yes. Why would I watch this? It is very cool. Okay. Has either of you seen it? I should have asked that. I've uh, seen clips and I follow one of the actors on Twitch because I think he's cute. Okay. Oh. Ashley? Um, yeah, I've seen this uh, the series. I have not uh, looked into the comics at all. On this have one, you watched the whole series or just parts of it? I've seen all of season one and half of season two. I haven't There's five seasons, so oh, no. Shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the plot of the TV show. Right. The plot of the comic is the main character's name is Gwen Dillon. Uh, she is a grave digger with no memory of her life before she was a zombie. Mm-hmm. And she eats brains of those who are buried. And a big thing here is that she does go and complete their unfinished business. Like, it, that's really only really focused on in the first chunk. Because, like, there it, it, again, is, like, a, I think a five graphics novel, like, thing um 25 individual little arcs if what is it called 25 issues and i think there's four arcs there it is that's the words um but only in the first one do they really talk about how she eats uh brains and helps finish their problems it's kind of cute it's sweet it's like her going to tell like sad moms that daughters have died that their their kids love them always and and things like that so that's that's the similar premise that carries over 
Um, there are some really cool things in the comic book that I understand why it was not made into the TV show. Because the TV show, literally, just zombies. Just zombies. The the comic, um, the main character, Gwen, her best friend is a ghost from the 60s. Her name is Ellie. Uh, and her other best friend is Scott, quote-unquote Spot, who is a were-terrier. So a <laughs> werewolf out of a terrier. Yep. Love that. Uh, her boyfriend, Horatio or something, is a monster hunter. And then there's a mummy named Amon. I'm just guessing Horatio. H-O-R-A-T-I-O. Horatio. Yeah, Horatio. Horatio. <laughs> um, where the side characters, the side Wait, characters. What was the mummy's name? Amon. A-M-O-N. Amon, okay. Okay. And then the side characters of the TV show, we've got Clive, who is a detective, Ravi, who is a medical examiner who works with Liv in the Morgue, uh, Major, who was her fiance turned ex fiance turned boyfriend, so on, and then Peyton, who was her best friend. Um, so that, like, the TV show does a really good job of being like, hey, why the fuck are you abandoning your dreams in life and, like, your boyfriend for a medical examiner job? And it really kind of goes over some of like the more personal relationships and there's a lot more of like funny stunts with the brain she eats like oh she ate this brain of a of a of a, a stripper and now she just wants to go and put on sexy lingerie that's one example i can think of there's a bunch of other ones like where she like eats like uh she's like a wrestler's brain and she just wants to fucking wrestle everyone and it's <laughs> it's it's funny like there's a lot of really really good bits um but nothing is really the same Uh, I'm just going to go over the general plot of the TV show, but then I really want to focus on the comic because holy shit, it's wild. Um, So in the TV show, basically it turns out that there was a weird monster energy drink situation that turned people into zombies. Um, That's right. A guy turns a a drug dealer, um, turns into a zombie and then makes other people zombies and then realizes he can sell brains. Uh, you know, I said that the, the comic gets weird, but the TV show's not far off. Um, because the TV it's show... Like, once yeah. again, it proves even in apocalypse situations, capitalism still prevails. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. Got yeah. cash money. Uh, <laughs> basically, Liv finds out all these other people who were turned into zombies, and she um, tries to help them, and... Like, that kind of how it, like, turns into... But then it... Then, apparently, most of Seattle turns into zombies... And then it becomes a new Seattle where there's a wall around it. And uh, Ravi, just the medical examiner, is working on a cure of it. Uh, Her boyfriend, Major, gets turned into a zombie. Um, Best friend gets turned into a zombie. Everybody gets turned into zombies. Everybody's, like, sharing brains. There's, like, battles going on. Political warfare all around this fucking energy drink. Um, Major does kind of, at some point, does become, like, a a monster hunter. Um, but at the end, it kind of wraps up with, um, I watched it. I watched like the last episode today and it fucking ends with a bomb going off when Liv is at home. Bomb goes off, not home when she's in the medical examiner office, the bomb goes off. It switches to 10 years later, which is interesting, but then it's even worse because they're like, oh, we're going to do a VR interview. And so they fucking put on VR headsets and they all go into like a a fucking metaphysical space or something. And they have an interview about like 
because they were so involved in the New Seattle zombie war. And it turns out like the way that the world exists now, New Seattle still exists where there's zombies, but uh, with the cure, people are making the choice whether or not they want to be zombies or if they want to be humans. And all of them chose to be humans. And everybody's like, Liv is still missing. Who knows where she went? And everybody's like, well, she died in that thing. And they're like, people say they've seen her. And then Major is also missing. And they're like, where's Major? And then it like flashes to the two of them living on Zombie Island together, raising uh, an orphanage of zombie children. Okay. Okay. So that. <laughs> it's, it, I did, again, Spoilers. I did not watch all the TV shows. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. It's real interesting. But the comic is really what I want to talk about. Okay. Because the comic is not just zombies. The comic has a really, really fun monster basis or like a monster like the rules exist and I love it. And I remember reading it and like as soon as I like went back and was doing the research, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Which is the concept that all like supernatural beings exist and are explained by over and under souls. So like an over soul is like your brain, your memories and your personality where an under soul is like heart, emotion and appetite. And so the concept is, is that there are different existence based on whether or not you have one or the other. So like a ghost has an oversoul, but does not have a body. So it's a ghost. So they still have their, their brain and their memories, but they don't have the emotion or appetites anymore. But when you're a poltergeist, you have an undersoul without a body, but you don't have an oversoul. So you have the heart, the emotions and the appetite. And that's why you're more chaotic and, and things. Um, and then like vampires exist, which is the undersoul with, with a body but they don't have an oversoul. So that's, they have the appetite for emotions. And so in this world, like they don't really drink it, like they, they absorb emotions through blood. And then a zombie is an oversoul without, with a body, which is they have, they crave the memories and personality and that's why they eat brains. Um, and then there's a thing called revenants, which are rare, which have both. So like, that's kind of what the main character Gwen is that somehow she exists and she is both her under and oversoul, but she is dead. And so, She's kind of like a special being, and that's kind of why she's the main character. And then also, souls of different beings and everything can possess others. And that is how there is a wear terrier, is that a dog soul has possessed this man. Oh, well, terriers, you know, they're a little feisties. There's a leopard, there's a leopard woman. Like, just a little, just imagine a little chihuahua just. Yep. Invading your somebody. soul. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I actually, I know that we're supposed to not do this. Come check out the receipt side if you want to see it. But I, there's an image I gave Jaren also with the three of them trick-or-treating. Um, oh, my gosh. If you want to throw it up. Because it's the wear terrier is a wear terrier. It's, it's like imagine a man with a terrier as a head. And that's that's it. These <laughs> <No>, faces. <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting. They, they they stuck with the live like the way that the main character looks is the same in the comics and the TV show. Well, they did very well. Yeah, so it's just like a hot chick with short hair, uh, mm -hmm. kind of wearing looks like a uh, uh, outfit from Shaun of the Dead, and then like a person dressed like a ghost. And the last person, the wear terrier, is a man with a terrier head. Is what I would say, a if you gave a child and told them, hey, make a dog, and they would give you this. Yeah. And then gave it a human body. I don't know. Yeah. Like, 
That's There's hilarious. Like also <laughs> very fun plot points going on in this entire series. Like, because I don't understand. I, I, I don't remember. The thing is, I read this all in college, so it's been a second. But I went through and like looked through some of it. But like the whole thing is that there is also. So she's a grave digger. She's doing her business. She's helping people resolve issues. And then the second part of the series is that um, the 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 zombie man is telling her about vampires. And the vampires are attacking people. Liv doesn't remember anything about her family. But then when she's hanging out with uh, Amon, the the mummy, which I don't remember how they explain how mummies are formed. I think it's just a man who learns how to live forever. But he um, he again. I could not figure out how because I went and I read through half this comic today. Um, at one point, Amon admits that he is the reason that Gwen is reverent, and like he's the one who like brought her back and made her into a zombie. And it doesn't really explain that because it just keeps focusing on all these other ridiculous side quests of like there's an ape man who a chimpanzee who's in love with this like old woman, and there's uh. Like at one point, Gwen finds her parents and her brother, and it turns out her brother is dating Scott, the terrier, the terrier wolf. I just, just don't like, get it. If you see Wolf Terrier, I have pictures of something really, really cute. <laughs> like he just like he's a dude who just transformed into a cute dog. That'd be awesome. No, it's just this weird hybrid of just like yeah. a dude with a really badly shaped head, it's and like, like a- it concerns me. <laughs> yeah. So and then like in that second section, you you meet you meet her boyfriend, Horatio, who is a a, a monster hunter. I don't remember how they get together, but they do. Seems like and it'd be a conflict of interest, right? Because she's so a monster. You would think you would think because she's a zombie. You, there's a zombie. But the thing this isn't the weirdest thing about the comic. The reason that I really wanted to talk about this whole thing, and I probably should have started with this. Uh, I hope people stuck around. Um, is is it? Zatulu? X-I-T-A-L-U. Okay? That is that is the word. Okay. I don't know how is, to pronounce that. No, this is that. straight from the comic. I'm going to read this sentence. Uh, Zatulu is an inner dimensional gigantic entity that defies, drifts from one plane of existence to another, consuming everything in its path. Okay? Um, Jaren, can you just put up on screen and then Ashley, I want you to describe it, please. Ooh, gotcha. Okay, so this is basically <laughs> oh. Cthulhu. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a purple octopus-like creature with a lot of tentacles and a lot of eyes like busting through the reality. So I was thinking, when you said that, I was like, okay, kind of sounds like an eldritch god of sorts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... Basically, this is an interdimensional being that shows up every once in a while uh, to eat worlds. And let me remind you, this is the same as the cop TV show that I was just describing. (laughs) This is the comic book it's based off of. So this this interdimensional being crashes out of the sky. And it also has a bunch of parasites on it, which are other like little monsters that invade the world and start eating everybody. And this thing is just trying to suck up souls. Uh, the mummy, uh, Amon, had this idea where he gets lived to eat the entire town and then sacrifices her to uh, eat the monster. Or no, to feed the monster and so that it will go away. Right? Okay. 
Um, oh, also, this is a side note. I just saw my note. Also, Abraham Lincoln is a zombie in this. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that. Okay. He's a zombie who runs like a government facility to help. Yeah. Okay. 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 I just wanted are, to mention that. Are there humans in this? Like, yes. that don't know about monsters, or is it? Like- yes. Okay. We're I mean, at the, the beginning. Then at the end, they 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 are aware of monsters. I think one of the one of the whole like side quests is like zombie apocalypse type of situation, and, and then Liv saves everybody. Not Liv, Gwen saves everybody. Um, Liv, Gwen. That's kind of related yeah. to my question. Do they know she's a zombie? Her friends, yeah. Do normal okay. people know? No. Okay. okay. Especially in the TV show. The TV show, nobody knew she was a zombie. She was hiding it very well. Um. Until, you know, the whole world becomes zombies. But before that, um, in the TV show, she hides it as well. I mean, in the comics, she hides it as well until it gets to a point where she then, everybody knows everything's going on. So people are aware. But the thing is, she was a grave digger. She was a nobody. Like, people didn't care. She finds her family at one point. It's very sweet. She kisses her boyfriend before they go and fight this being. Um, And I would like to say that the fight is two panels of the comic. Two panels. I didn't provide them. But uh, I'm going to describe it to you. Um, Well, so she learns how to kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. She becomes a giant and she flies into the sky at the same time where the monster is at. Jaren, I believe, have a picture. Also, she's naked, of course, because comic books. She's comic. Uh, She flies into the sky with the monster. Close bust off, right? Like they just got to Close bust off. And um, she, she's like, well, if this monster can eat me, I'm going to eat it. So she becomes really big and then eats the monster's brain. And then she herself becomes an interdimensional being. And then she goes to live in the interdimensional space. And that is where the comic ends. Good for her? It's very good for her. But like, she left her hot boyfriend behind. Look, he's reaching for her. He's like, no. Okay. If I could be a giant interdimensional being, I might also leave my hot boyfriend to yeah. be there. <laughs> If I had to choose between true love and being an interdimensional goddess, basically, I'm going to choose interdimensional goddess. Giant tits. I mean, come on. Giant tits. I have giant tits, but those are ginormous tits. (laughs) So imagine the the bra bills. So basically what this comic book did. Tits with their own gravitational pull. Nation state tits. Oh, my God. The moral of the story, though, is that what I will say about this comic, it stands on its own, but it is nothing like the TV show. And I completely understand why they did not make it exactly like the comic, because uh, it's kind of out there. Shit doesn't make sense. They tried to. There's so, so, so many word bubbles, so many word bubbles. It hurts. And you're just like, can you just get to the fucking story? Um, so it's a very like tell not show type of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art's pretty good. Um, I do recommend it. Like, I think that's a fun one to read. I think you should read it just purely because Cthulhu basically at the end. Um, but, uh, it would not make a good TV show. So if it was done written the way it was before and yes. not adapted because the TV show, I'll be real honest. She's the only zombie for a while. And yep. it kind of feels like a little bit of CSI mixes mm-hmm. with like monster because mm-hmm. she's literally helping solve cases. And it almost feels like that kind of like not repetitive. Buddy cop. But it's, 
yeah, buddy cop film where like every at the end of every episode, we get a little like nice little, you know, update on like who did what we solved the case, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. This other one sounds a bit wacky, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> oh, fun. But fun. Wacky. That's what I'm saying. It is as somebody who was loving the TV show and then read the comic, again, another point where I was severely disappointed. I go, where are all the characters I love from the TV show? Who are these strangers? Why is this man a were-terrier? Because it just made me laugh every time. Like, they had they had, they had, had panels of him transforming. And you're like, stop. <laughs> Fucking stop. So, but I do love the concept of the, 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 the supernatural world explained that way that it was. Okay, yeah, I, I do like that as well. I, yeah. I just I keep. You did a great job of explaining those two panels of the end of that comic. I, I really enjoy that a giant woman yeah. with cosmic titties, cosmic yeah. tits, yeah, eats Cthulhu, mm-hmm. becomes Cthulhu. Yep. Yay. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> questions, comments, concerns, Steffi. I wonder just, if they're playing poker with other interdimensional beings somewhere. Yeah, like, what she's is out a, there? I hope she's happy. Is yeah, she is. She is. So, like, I'm actually I'm pulling up. Um, I'm not saying you should do this because it's bad. You should read the comics in person, but it may all free be free online somewhere. Um, but I in say, the last. Oh, go ahead. The last panel of the comic is her floating in the interdimensional space and she says i never really left my hometown where i was alive or after i died now i'll be traveling to the places i never could have imagined some people look at death at the end of the world but for me it was just the beginning so she was living her best life yeah yeah it's 10 out of 10 it's like that it's fun it's very fun i say this is a good motivational thing to go out there go out there and live your interdimensional goddess life with your titties out. And that's all here, I have here. to say. I agree with this all the way. <laughs> that's where we really need to come out of this recording. Is go, that's what you deserve in life. <laughs> with your cosmic tits and your just like ability to eat eldritch beings. Go be you. Yeah. Go be live you. Live your best life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Sarah. That was a lot of fun. You're welcome. It was a lot of, it was another Sarah rant, but I felt like it was fucking weird and I wanted you guys to experience it with me. No, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. (laughs) I will probably actually be watching both of these now, now that I I have a little bit more knowledge. Good. Yeah. I'm glad I could help. Um, if you are watching either of those or you have thoughts on any of that, let us know. Like I said, we are on social media all over the place, Twitter, Facebook, as OT3 Podcast. Um, if you want to shout out, like I said at the beginning of this episode, uh, we're on iTunes and Audible. I'll leave a thing there. But, you know, if you're just here listening, we appreciate that, too. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye yeah, see you next time. See you it's next week. Bye. Bye. Celestial titties! That's my tits. <laughs> <laughs>